It's Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. So from what I understand from Mike Shields and the Traffic Center, 285 Eastbound is opening back up between Dunwoody and Doraville. That's good news. Hate for you to wake up to uh, traffic issues if you're hitting the road early. Glad you're in the car or you're just along listening to the show. Seven minutes after seven o'clock, Ashley Frasca with you today. 404-872-0750 and uh, excited at the bottom of the hour to have Premier Tree Solutions come on with us. Jeff Roth and Rafael Santiago will be answering your questions. And I already have uh, tree questions anyways. Uh, I already have a couple for these guys. So I've gotten messages on uh, Facebook Jane sent me pictures of some of her oaks and dogwoods, and they've got lichens on them. And lichens, you know, to be kind of the silvery blue, um, you know, just kind of things hanging out on the bark of the tree, not really hurting it. But some of that's starting to turn pink, and I don't know why. Um, And then Tracy sent me something interesting, some kind of tree in her yard with low limbs, maybe some kind of fruit tree or something. Um, The landlord put what looks to be like the size of a soda bottle wrapped it around a limb, but you can't really tell what it is because then it's got foil wrapped around that. And there may be something soft inside, like a towel that is uh, encasing the limb within the soda bottle type looking thing. So we're going to get to the bottom of some uh, tree mysteries, things that I don't really know how to answer. And then Pike Nursery comes up towards the end of the show. So excited to have them along. We're going to be talking about something super relevant with Jackson Grimsley, who's the assistant manager of the Roswell location, a disease control for the lawn and garden. So you may be seeing brown patch or dollar spot or something like that on your lawn. We'll help you identify it and what to do about it. And also some mildew on your flowers as well. So there's products for just about everything. And there's also good landscaping practices that can most of the time combat just about anything. 404-872-0750. Oh, and I wanted to correct something when we spoke to Ed and Lilburn. Just before the news break, um, he was talking about hydrangeas. And, and I did. I, I misspoke. I knew I would do that. Uh, when to prune. That's the thing that trips everybody up the most. And honest to goodness, if you plant hydrangeas, ah, you don't even have to prune them. You really don't. So don't let that deter you from getting them. Um, there are sun that like a little, or some that like a little more sun, uh, partial sun. Full morning sun is best. There are varieties like oak leaf that kind of hang out in the woods, and those don't mind the shade. Uh, there's pretty much one for every situation. They can grow three feet to ten feet, so you got to know the spacing. But anyways, I just distracted myself. the The thing that I misspoke about and talking to Ed was what uh, what we prune right after they flower, like macrophylla, like the blushing bride or endless summer. Prune right after flowering, which in some cases are those are now. Um, And then the ones that you can actually cut back pretty late. And I was saying that those are panicle, the cone-shaped ones, the ones that are like a bunch of grapes. And the smooth, the arborescence, those are the same. Um, Those you can wait a little bit longer. But um, mountain hydrangea, serrata, uh, the big leaf, the macrophylla, the big fluffy blue ones, all of those, you've got to prune more quickly than not so that there's old canes and old growth there for the new uh, blooms to be on. So yeah, anyways, I think I put smooth, the uh, Annabelle, the arborescence in the wrong in the wrong category there. Okay, enough of that. Uh, Kurt in Winder, Georgia, you are up next. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Hello. I've got some Fraser fir trees that I'm getting different opinions on. Uh, 
some of them are producing little berries on them that are white or kind of pale. And some of the stalks on the trees are just just nice and clean. And some of the stalks on the trees are peeling off in uh, big hunks. And I'm getting brown branches uh, in and out of the trees. I know that the air circulation is needed, and they're kind of close together. But uh, I find some spider webs in the trees, and I put fertilizer stakes in them and, and keep them watered good. But the inside of the trees at the bottom and even up towards the top are getting uh, branches that completely die, and some branches are half green and half brown. I was wondering if you might have a suggestion on what I could be looking for. Not 100%, Kurt. I wish I did. Um, Whenever I think of evergreens that are browning, and it really depends on the pattern of browning, like some, a lot of folks call about Leland Cypress. That's just top of mind for me right now. But a lot of the browning, you really have to watch the pattern if it's affecting the tree from the bottom up. If it's coming from the part of the branch closest to the trunk and working its way out, or rather browning at the tips, I think if it's browning at the tips, that's probably a little more of a, a promising sign rather than the browning starting from the inside of the tree working its way out. But my first thought with that would be um, a moisture concern, um, and I and I honestly don't know. It could go either way that they're staying way too wet. Um, and that's really clogging things up or inconsistent moisture. So maybe once they were planted, it's so important to water frequently and consistently in the beginning when the plants are establishing. Um, so if that was thrown off in the first few months, it's going to start showing signs as it matures. Um, and there's diseases too. I mean, there's cankers and all these kind of things too that also can cause browning branches. So I may hold your question over to... Uh, Premier Tree Solutions when the guys from ChopMyTree.com come on. Rafael Santiago on staff there is a certified arborist and probably has seen his his fair number of, um, you know, fir trees, I'm sure. But why are you, um, just curious, why are you growing Fraser firs? Are you doing it for the Christmas tree factor or you just like them? Uh, it's make nice uh, hedge. I like the, the way they look. Um it's the berries on there is what I can't understand when some of them have it. And I've read that they said if there's black berries in there that it's diseased, but these are kind of off white. Some of the trees have them and some of the trees don't. Okay. And they're right. There'd be like 15 or 20 of berries about the size of a gumball just on one, one branch. I'll have 15 or 20 of them. And the entire tree will have maybe 10 or 15 places that are, that are producing the, the berries. And I don't know if those are, that's a bad sign or a good sign. I don't really know. I mean, I know they put on cones, you know, um, and that's all kind of the, the reproductive process of them. But also, too, something that I had on uh, Dr. David Coyle from Clemson University, kind of tree health forestry guy, I remember last year, and he's actually coming on next weekend. Um, I remember last year we talked about the woolly adelgid, and that's like related to an aphid, and that was kind of attacking certain trees in parts of the country, and a Fraser fir susceptible to that too. Do you see any signs of insect damage or see any insects themselves? No, nah, I've shaped the 
put a white sheet down and gloves, and I don't see any insects coming down, but I do see uh, spider webs, uh, uh, real small, thin ones uh, in some of the trees. Yeah. Now, if it's just the smaller kind of webbing, I would almost um, think that that's harmless, but the, the bigger it goes, the larger scale it gets. Could be bagworms, tent worms, um, that kind of thing that produce just these huge webs at the tops of trees, and that can really be damaging to the to the foliage of most trees. Um, in your case with the fir, it's going to be a little bit different. I'm going to defer on this, and if anybody hears him right now and knows a little bit better and has had success growing Fraser firs here, um, and kind of knows a little more, four zero four eight seven two zero seven fifty to help Kurt out because that's um. That's tricky for me. I'm kind of racking my brain to see if anything's buried deep down in there from the years of working with Walter that I can pull up and kind of remember, but I'm not coming up with anything. So I'm glad you called. We'll make sure with the guys, keep listening if you can in about 15 minutes. I'll just kind of see what the reproductive process of of fir trees are, make sure that the burying and all of that, that's normal, but that sounds perfectly normal to me. Thank you so much for the call. And also a lot of folks submitting their questions and concerns and things on the Facebook page too. So that gives me um, good ammunition to to help people out. Just another avenue. If you don't have time to call the show, if you're a little shy, it's easy to do 404-872-0750. But if not, and you want to stay under wraps, then, then you can send the message certainly um, on the Facebook page. And I actually recently had Eric do that as well, and he had sent me pictures of a new little avocado tree. Started it from seed and keeping it inside and all of that. It got new leaves on it. It looked great in the pot. And then, lo and behold, put it outside, and a deer bit off the top of it. Um, And I did think that it was going to recover because I still saw leaves on it, the root system's intact, it's actually already putting out new red growth kind of at the top where the deer uh, munch the top off of it. So if that happens with some of your plants, I really think it's going to be okay. It's not a fatal flaw. It may stress the plant out a little bit, but it's just sending a sign to kind of uh, repair that damaged spot and send out new growth. But as long as the roots are good and you're doing consistent moisture, maybe a little bit of fertilizer from time to time, that's okay. All right, we're going to take a break and check traffic and weather. We'll be back with the top three things to do in the landscape this weekend and then Premier Tree Solutions. So get your tree questions in right now. We'll hold them over for Jeff and for Raphael. 404-872-0750. Ashley Frasca right here on 95.5 WSB. The news, weather, and traffic team will be here first thing Monday morning to help you get back to work on time and informed. Now back to Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca on 95.5 WSB, Atlanta's news and talk. So excited to have guests in the studio, guys. This is big. This is like the first time in over a year. Usually I'm just in here by my lonesome with Greg and with Corey and DeMarco and Justin. And uh, everyone has to call in on the phone and it stinks. The phone quality is always bad. And who doesn't like to be live in person with their coffee on a Saturday morning? So we'll get to the gentleman with Premier Tree Solutions here in just a little bit. First, a weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing. Of course, scattered thunderstorms today and tomorrow looking at highs in the mid to upper 80s and then more thunderstorms and showers and all of that kind of thing coming in on Monday. No surprise. Uh, meteorologist Brad Nitz of Channel 2 Action News has your complete forecast coming up in less than 10 minutes. And right now, Greg, I think we're going to do top three. Green and Growing. Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. 
Here's your garden to-do list this week. Pretty simple stuff you can stay on top of through the hot summer months. You want to continue deadheading flowering annuals, perennials that are just looking a little brown, a little crunchy, petunias, dianthus, coreopsis, and impatience. Some of the easiest ones to deadhead because that frees up energy for the plant and it just looks better. Uh, number two, protect the leaves of your fruit and vegetable plants. It's still very crucial that those leaves stay healthy for fruit production. So uh, keep unwanted pests away. BT is one of the best chemicals to use to ward off caterpillars and worms and spray the undersides of the leaves too. And mulch is going to really help that as well. And number three, if it's time to spruce up the deck or the patio, looking a little green, looking a little mildewed, well, use a deck wash and make sure it doesn't hurt surrounding plants. What you want to do is hose those down before and after using any wash product or whatever, but something like plain water in some cases. You may need a little bit more oxygenated bleach, maybe baking soda, even dish soap. There's all kinds of recipes there. And there's products too at the nurseries and big box stores. Um, And then just cover the things that you don't want the spray to get onto because that's really going to help protect the plants around the deck and the patio. 404-872-0750. Can't wait to share some Tree Mysteries, some very mysterious questions with my guests, Rafael Rafael Santiago and Jeff Roth here in studio with me. And then Pike Nursery coming along. Don't forget about that in about an hour. So we're going to be talking about lawn and flower diseases and things that you're seeing right now. And that could not be more timely given the wet weather. weather. So coming up, we'll have Kathy in Cedartown. Plants are dying. We'll kind of get to the bottom of that. Another Kathy calling from Forsyth County up and coming. How to kill mimosa weed. And Nina in Lilburn, what to grow on a balcony that receives no light. So we'll give her maybe some flower recommendations, some food recommendations. 404-872-0750. I want you to get your questions in tree health, tree care, pruning, maybe what tree to put where. If it's something you're looking to plant maybe in the fall, now is the time, guys. The phone lines are all yours. 404-872-0750. Ashley Frasca, Greed and Growing, will be back right after a news update. You're listening to 95.5 WSB. Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries on 95.5 WSB. Getting up to around 71, 72 degrees on Peachtree Street. And yeah, starting to see the daylight. Did you see the rainbows last night? That was so cool. Saw a lot of folks sharing that uh, on social media. So those heavy thunderstorms came through before dark and we got to see some rainbows. You never know what you need to be on the lookout for this time of year. We get a little bit of everything. So Ashley Frasca back with you. Half of a show left to go uh, on until nine o'clock and then Dave Baker and the Home Fix It show comes up. And you know what? I've always been jealous of Dave because he gets guests in studio Mm -hmm. all the time or at least used to. Every single Saturday he would have different people in studio. And I was like, I I want that. So I I always had experts in from time to time, especially when I filled in for Walter Reeves and guest hosted this show uh, before I took over the show last February. And so then COVID happened and no guests for anybody, nobody in studio. And so now here we are on July 17th after a pandemic. And I got Jeff Roth, owner of Premier Tree Solutions in studio and Rafael Santiago, certified arborist on staff for Premier Tree Solutions. And you know it, chopmytree.com. That's what you know. Jeff, good to see you. It's been a few years, buddy. It has, and it's great to see you, Ashley. Thanks for having us. So I am just really anxious to know how business has been. You've expanded. 
We have. We've grown quite a bit, believe it or not. Uh, last year, we had a great year uh, going right into this year. Uh, we were able to get another tree mech that just came in um, a couple weeks ago. So now, we've describe got to, that to folks. That's a monster. It is. Um, it's a knuckle boom crane with a grapple saw attached. And uh, instead of putting a climber in a tree, we use that. And we'll set up on a driveway or in a front yard and go up there, reach a part of the tree, grab it, cut it, bring it down, set it in front of the chipper, set it in front of the loader, and dispose of it. So yeah. much safer. So much safer. Yeah. Less impact as well. Sure. Yeah. Now, what about when you have to have big equipment for certain jobs, and we've got you know pretty high tree density here in the city mm. as well, True. getting some of that equipment into tight spaces. You know, you're right on top of someone's flower bed, or there's not much room from their walk to where you're working. You guys have to be so conscientious and almost work out a plan of how to maneuver sometimes. Yeah, that's right. Uh, if we can't get the grapple saw to it, then we'll uh, we'll put a, try to use a bucket truck or we'll try to use a spider lift. Our last resort is to climb the tree. Uh, and we use other types of things for ground cover, uh, composite mats, things of that nature, um, to get the tree down and get it out safely. A tricky job, and it takes an expert to do these things. Mm -hmm. This is a don't don't try at home kind of kind of situation when you need yes. some tree work done. Um, so some of the services offered by Premier Tree Solutions, tree removal, of course, but we don't have to let it get to that point necessarily. Tree trimming and pruning, um, hand pruning. They, they can do things on uh, a little more delicate trees, storm damage and storm cleanup. Um, talk to me, last year, Coweta County was so hard hit. And thank goodness for you guys moving and, well, not moving, but expanding to cover the south side. How many of those folks were you able to help? Actually, we only helped uh, one couple down in Sharpsburg. Oh, yeah. Um, our crane was down at the time, and a part had to come from Austria. Oh, so we weren't able to help, but we had so much business on the north side that we were just able to serve our, our clients there. So right now, this time of year, it's been a it's been a wet summer, and I don't know mm -hmm. if we're going to see the impact of that in a few months, or if some of it's almost immediate, you know, and and keeping the root system and and the ground so soggy. But what are most of your calls right now? What are they pertaining to? Um, just general tree work. A lot of people are wanting to get stuff off the roof and away from the house. Uh, there's people that uh, are doing projects in their backyard. We had a lot of that last year because nobody could travel. Nobody could go anywhere. <laughs> so they're like, well, let's put in a pool. Let's yeah. put in a, uh, a fire pit or something like that. So a lot of pruning, a lot of beautification type work, stuff like that. And Raphael, you get to see a lot of these things firsthand and use your knowledge to work with the homeowner and say, you know, this may be a bigger problem than you suspected, or you get to go out and maybe diagnose kind of a non-issue as well. Talk to me about how much homeowners actually know themselves and how spot on they are by the time you come out and you're like, man, you, you had it right. It's actually pretty often when you get a client that knows and it feels like he knows more than you do. <laughs> it's kind of tricky. You got to be got to be on right on your shoes there and make right. sure that you know you're talking about the right things. Mm -hmm. But yeah, a lot of the clients uh, nowadays it's a, a lot about, you know, beautification like Jeff said, and most of the times they're just asking to, you know, prune trees and get branches off the house, uh, branches off the sidings of the house and things of that nature. Um, there's a lot of calls that we get from time to time in regards to plant health care as well. You know, like we discussed before, what's that pinky stuff in the trunk of my dogwood? <laughs> and so I, I'll come out a lot for, for that reason, for just plant health care 
general stuff. It is always good to know a certified arborist, guys, and to have one handy, a number in your back pocket, so to speak, because a lot of these things, you can do all the internet research in the world, but mm-hmm. you know that's not necessarily going to get you to where you need to be. And so I want to talk to Raphael uh, in just a little bit about some of the warning signs, things that you may be seeing going on with your trees, if you need to look carefully at the base, maybe if you can see some symptoms on the on the bark and on the limbs, when you may be being given early warning signs. But yeah, what you were talking about, Raphael, it's funny. I shared with you guys pictures before y'all coming on the show. Um, Jane, she had oak trees and I think some dogwoods and things like that and was really alarmed with this stuff growing on the bark. And she said she was able to um, scrape off like what she thought was the fungus kind of particles. They're falling on the monkey grass below, but scraping off this intense pink thing that's just widespread um, on dogwoods, oak, and maybe two maples. And I could tell by the silvery blue color of this stuff on the bark that it was just lichens. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us what a lichen is and why it's not harmful. Sure. Uh, yeah, I'd like to get one thing out of the way first. Lichens are not harmful at all to trees. So that's uh, that's out of the way. Love that's good. that. Yeah. Uh, they're totally benign. And they're basically just, they're, it's an association of bacteria, algae, and fungi. They all grow together in a symbiotic relationship. Symbiotic meaning they benefit from one another. They help each other to grow, and they grow together. Um, lichens thrive in, on clean air. That's an interesting fact. They thrive on clean air. That's why you don't see lichens in urban areas. downtown. Yeah, you don't see a lot of that. So you have a, if you have a big property with lots of trees, and you have lichens everywhere in all of your trees, that's great news. You have total clean air hmm. all around. And uh, you're good to go. <laughs> That's awesome. And yeah. so I showed you these pictures the minute you came in the studio. And I'm like, so yeah, the silvery bluish, you know, what we know to be lichen was turning pink. And I thought, okay, that's when it's above my pay grade. I got to mm-hmm. ask Raphael to make sure that's not. And you said Christmas lichen. Christmas lichen. That's right. Because it's red, pink. That's right. And They're, still not harmful. Not harmful, just like any other type of lichen. It's just a different uh, type of fungi that is infected that tree. Uh, they're mostly common in tropical areas. You don't see them up here that much. Uh, there's there's even forests. I've, that, that's all research that I've done recently. There are forests out there full of those type of lichens, and it's all red and pink, and it's a beautiful coloration. Uh, but you only see those mostly in tropical areas. So that's really fascinating. So mm-hmm. we got an answer for Jane. Love that. And we want to get answers for you. Tree health, pruning questions. 404-872-0750. Now, Jeff and Raphael, y'all have talked about beautification um, and whether that is maybe limbing up a tree or just, you know, trying to be preventative with a large limb that kind of looks kind of ominous. Good pruning techniques or practices. Give me two or three that people just need to remember how to do it right and do it safely. Sure. Um, it's always good. We were just talking about that. It's always good to do uh, the general canopy raise on your trees and it'll keep it a in a good look, uh, keep an eye on dead branches. You know, you gotta make sure you get those dead branches out of the trees. Uh, give special care to the mature specimen trees, those large trees around the house. These are the ones that you have to really keep an eye on and make sure that everything is going okay. Look around the base of the tree, look out for mushrooms or any fruiting bodies that could be a consequence of a fungi infestation in the root zone. That's very important too. And that sometimes is very uh, overlooked. So be careful with that. Uh, I tell most of our clients that an easy way to determine if the tree is enter, has entered decline is by looking up in the canopy and you look at the tips of those branches. If those branches are dying from the top back towards the trunk, 
that's called tip dieback. Okay. There's something wrong with your tree. Ooh. So something needs to be done. So the so tips the, start showing the signs first. Correct. And then the whole branch dies. <clears throat> from the tip back to the trunk. Is that uh, an issue that's originating from the roots, or is that started by an insect? How does that's that That's a million-dollar question. It could be wow. anything. That's just stress. There's okay. something wrong with the tree. Lack of nutrients, lack of water. It could be a number of things. Now, I just had uh, Kurt on, and y'all may have heard him on the air as you were driving in. Uh, and called about a Fraser fir, which self-admittedly I don't know as much about a Fraser fir, except that it's quite often used as a Christmas tree. Um, but anything like that, and, I, and I've done a little more research on arborvitae and Leland cypress and things, but people are alarmed, and, and probably rightfully should be, when those start to brown. When these evergreen trees start having just entire limbs that are browning out, my first thought is it could be a moisture issue, maybe inconsistent moisture, or sometimes there's cankers. Some of those are, you know, um, so kind of give us kind of maybe an overall like evergreens browning. How alarmed should we be and what might that be? Sure. And I get that question a lot as well, uh, especially for the Leland cypresses, like you said, the arborvita trees. Those trees, they the branches at the bottom part of the canopy, they die off. And that's just because of sunlight. That's That's a natural process. Now, there's some other diseases there, like you mentioned, cankers or fire blight is very common on Leland cypresses yeah. as well. And that's when you see a, a different type of coloration of, of dark, of brown. Uh, and then, and that, ha that tends to happen at the top part of the canopy as well, not only at the bottom. So when you see that bottom uh, dead branches dying at the very bottom of the tree, that's just lack of sunlight. There's no, nothing wrong with the tree. It's a natural process. But you need to cut them out because they're not really serving any purpose, you, right? They're not serving any purpose, and they, they, it's an eyesore. So, yeah, you, you, I, should, I would definitely recommend to cut them out and just to make, well, make it look beautiful. And the beautiful. bummer thing about an evergreen, though, when you do have to remove those limbs, they're not going to put on new limbs, are no, they? they're not. So kind of be careful about how you prune because you don't, don't want these big yeah. gaps here and there. But, I mean, with any other tree and shrub, too, we just take for granted you're going to make pruning cuts. And that is a sign to the plant like, hey, you know, sprout new growth, put put new energy toward where this new wound is. And That's so right. evergreens are different in that way. Correct. Ah, bummer. 404-872-0750. All right. got to take a break. This goes by so fast, but y'all aren't going anywhere. So hang tight. I have human beings in the studio live with me. I don't want to lose these guys. Jeff Roth and Rafael Santiago from Premier Tree Solutions. Christine in Woodstock is going to be up next. She's got a question for Premier Tree Solutions. Will vines kill her tree? Plus, I have a few questions for you gentlemen about maple trees because those are all the rage mm -hmm. and we want folks to, they spend good money on these maple trees. We want to help them uh, keep them alive and healthy. So 404-872-0750. First questions move to the front of the line are about tree health, tree care, maybe maintenance, pruning. You're listening to 95.5 WSB. It's Scott Slate. Did you know you can listen to Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca on Saturday mornings on your smart speaker? And me too, weekday mornings. Just tell your smart speaker, play 95.5 WSB, and we're on. 95.5 WSB, Atlanta's news and talk. Here's Ashley. Dave Matthews. Nice choice, Greg. Nice choice. The weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing. Today, scattered showers and thunderstorms throughout Metro Atlanta. That rain chance hovering around 60 to 70 percent. And then on Monday, it's going to be about 83 degrees and a chance for more showers and thunderstorms. That brought to you by Finley Roofing. 404-872-0750. Love having Premier Tree Solutions in the studio. And Jeff, we were just talking about when evergreens are browning. 
Yikes. You know, that's something we don't want. It's a sign of some kind of stress, maybe moisture problem. Raphael, you said there are parts of the tree that are just naturally getting shaded out. But you thought of an exception. Yeah, sometimes you'll see the cryptomeria a lot. Uh, uh, they'll bronze yeah. in the winter, and it may give off the appearance that maybe it's in decline, but it's not. It'll green back up. See, it's not always bad news. That's, That's good right. news. So nothing to be alarmed about for those of you maybe not as familiar with cryptomeria. Once you start seeing that, maybe late fall, winter time, not to be alarmed. Okay, we've got about two and a half minutes here to uh, jump up to Woodstock, my hometown, and talk to Kristen. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Oh, good morning. Thank you very much. I had a question about vines that I've seen all of a sudden growing up the tree. And I mean, I don't think it's kudzu, but it kind of scares me a little bit. I don't know if it's going to kill the trees or how do I get rid of them? I've tried cutting them at the base, but that doesn't seem to do it. They seem to just keep on going. Now, let's make sure, Kristen, I'm looking out for you, number one, that it's not poison ivy. So that vine doesn't have three leaf sets on it, does it? No. Okay, no, because that I know. <laughs> if I show the guys in the studio my right arm right now, you would know why my, my brain first went to poison ivy for Kristen. So, yeah, just Raphael, run of the mill, maybe. Probably not kudzu, but English ivy, something like that. Why is it not going away? Um, English ivy is very, it spreads really fast. And uh, if that's the case that Kristen has, um, it's going to continue to grow and crawl up the tree. One easy solution to that is just to cut at the base, but you got to make sure they're really cut all around the trunk of the tree. Make sure you give it a buffer of at least three to four feet. On, and you got to make sure you really disconnect all of the ivy, all of the tiny veins uh, from the trunk. So once you make that cut, the ivy should die off and it should be okay. So that's really good news. And I was just asking you, Jeff, off the air, when we're making that cut from the ivy, from the ground going up four inches or so up the tree, what is the best way to cut that? Because my husband would probably just go at it with a weed eater. But will that damage the tree? Uh, yeah, it can. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, we recommend and or we perform uh, cutting a ring around the tree about four and a half feet from the base of the tree um, and um, pulling that ivy off the tree and then cutting it at the base. And like Raphael said, we just kind of put a ring around the base of the tree. And it's one of those things, I mean, you're going to have to maintain it. Just because you cut it once doesn't mean it's just going to go <laughs> yeah, away no. and say, hey. You know. But yeah, you've got to <laughs> maintain it. I did it two it. years ago. It should yeah. have been fine. No, no. <laughs> Maybe just, what, once a year, twice a year, go That's out right. there and just kind of maintain it. And then whatever's up in the tree at some point will die off. Yeah, once you take so. the thick off, mm -hmm. I think after two years, it's not going to be as bad. So you just come out there and do a little cut again all, mm -hmm. all around. Make sure, again, make sure you're disconnected. All it takes is one tiny oh vein gosh. for that thing to go back. It, and don't cut into the bark of the tree. Correct. Uh, you don't want to get into the cambium, which, you know, uh, uh, sends all the nutrients up and down the tree. So um, just use a handsaw lightly when you're getting close to the trunk. Just lightly cut there and then pull it all out. I love just that. Pull it down. And it may be a little unsightly because now all the ivy that's grown sure. up is eventually going to die. Mm -hmm. But it's going to be so much better for the tree. Yes, and what's probably the best time to tackle ivy? Would we say spring before the growth really starts to get crazy if we're just going after ivy that's even encroaching on a tree? I would say for the benefit of, you know, just to be easier on you to cut the ivy off, but yeah, before spring, I think it would be the best time. 
Okay, good. And just a, a little known fact, maybe, that I found online. Kudzu can grow a foot a day, extending as much as 60 feet in a season during active growth. Wow, wow. So, yeah, let that sink in. Yeah. 758, <laughs> it's 404 750 the number to get into green and growing. We're going to talk to Reed and Kennesaw next. Can his evergreen be pruned? We'll see what he's got and what he wants to accomplish there. Your tree questions for Premier Tree Solutions. You're listening to 95.5 WSB. Save a little more this month. Chime checking accounts have features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe and no monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at chime.com slash goals 24. Banking services debit card provided by Bancorp, Bank NA, or Stride Bank NA, members of FDIC. SpotMe eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply.